0: Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Whatever we need, He is the answer. And so just right now, I want you to speak His name out. We're going to speak it out together several times. And one touch from Him, and listen... He, is, he it's not like he's just around somewhere out there, he's here, and he's here to touch you. And so, uh, just receive from him tonight, we're going to speak his name out, just say his name out, Jesus, 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 touch me. Touch me, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord, right now, reaching out, touching. Thank you, Lord. You are the answer. We thank you that we can come to you at any time for anything. You are our answer. Say, you're my answer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's give him a clap offering. Would you just thank him? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Praise God. So, tonight is the last night of our series uh, uh, we talked about the last several Wednesday nights. Great great expectations. You and I should have real expectations of what God is doing and going to do in our lives. Can you say that's right? (laughs) In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20, this was kind of the script the keynote verse that I launched this uh, series from in Philippians 1.20. Paul writes, and you got to remember, he's writing from a, a prison cell. <clears throat> it's, it's a horrible place to be, but he writes about expectation. He says, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing shall I be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body that means made big. He wants to be made big in our bodies in a spiritual way. Get it? <clears throat> Whether by life or by death. And, and we need to have that same sense of expectation and hope. Hope, we talked about in the first week, it's a confident expectation of good from God. And I'm praying tonight That all of us here, every single one of us, that we have that sense of expectation that God's going to do good, not because we have necessarily been good all our lives, because we haven't, but we can have a confident expectation of good from Him because He's good and chose to be good to us, right? Tonight we're going to continue looking at the person that our hope and expectation rest in, and that's Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 in the Amplified reads, For this is contained in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a chosen stone, a precious, honored cornerstone. And he who believes in him, whoever adheres to, trusts in, relies on Him, will never be disappointed in His expectations. Now, that's an incredible word. We have all been disappointed in our expectations in somebody at some time. But if our expectations are in Him, they will never be disappointed. Aren't you glad for that? Tell yourself, I'm glad for that. <laughs> In Revelation 19, 11, the Word of God says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. This is talking about Jesus. Last week we talked about his faithfulness. His faithfulness has been there for us, hasn't it? He has been faithful in our past, and His faithfulness in our past causes us to look with expectation of His faithfulness in our now and our forever. Tonight, we're going to talk about how true He is. He's not only faithful, but He's true. Say, Jesus, you're true. Now years ago there was something that we used to say about somebody that we could trust and it went like this, his word is his bond. Remember that? His word is his bond. Now my dad uh, has gone on to be with the Lord but he was an honest man and he was a, a business owner. He owned his own laundry and dry cleaners and a hobby shop and And on Saturday evening, after the the work week, uh, he would put his deposit together and then take it and drop it off because the banks were closed. He would drop it off in the night deposit uh, box. And then on Monday morning, first thing when the banks opened, he would go to the bank and get that deposit bag with the deposit receipt. One Monday morning, he went to the bank, (coughs) talked to the teller, And she said, Mr. Wilson, I'm sorry, but we don't have a bag. And he said, well, I dropped it off like always on Saturday night. They looked, and they could not find that deposit bag, couldn't find the receipt. It just wasn't there. Now, my dad knew the vice president of the bank, and he went and explained what happened to it. And do you know that that man, that vice president, uh, credited my dad's business account with the amount he said he had dropped off to deposit on his word. <clears throat> now, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest you're trying that at whatever bank you bank at, because <clears throat> it probably would not happen today. I, I can't remember how the story all went. Uh, I, I think he was able to, to figure out the checks and stuff. Maybe he'd make copy. I don't know. But I, I know that somehow, some of it was, was credited because they got it reimbursed or whatever. I don't remember all of what I, but I do know this, that the entire amount was credited because of his word because my, the vice president had known my dad for a long time. They were friends, uh, and he knew that he wouldn't have said something if it wasn't true, and he credited his God because his word was his bond. Amen. Now, tonight, if that's true about my dad, who was, was an honest man, God help us to recognize that God is truer, And God's word is his bond. He is true to his word. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11, God is speaking in his word to us tonight. And I pray that we get this deep inside because his word is his bond. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Thank God for that tonight. God sent His Word, and we have His Word, and our expectations of what we can receive from God are all recorded in His Word. Now, I read somewhere that that somebody, an author that I read one time said that there are over 8,000 promises uh, for us in God's Word. I read somewhere else, somebody else said there are over 30,000 promises in God's Word for us. Now, I don't know, to be honest with you, I've never gone through. I have read the the Bible, from lid to lid, I've read it through a number of times since I've given my life to Christ, uh, I can't even tell you how many times, but I've never counted each promise. I don't know if it's 8,000, I don't know if it's over 30,000, but I do know this, That God has a promise in His Word for whatever it is we have a need for, there's a promise for. There's a promise for every circumstance, situation, need that we have in our lives, there's a promise to cover it. And you and I need to know that because He's made that promise, His Word is His bond and He means to keep it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says, As His divine power has given us all things, say all things, all that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, now say to me, <clears throat> exceedingly great and precious promises. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if you heard me tonight, but it says to us have been given exceedingly great and precious promises. Yeah. It's ours. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him, talking about Jesus, are yes. And in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Listen, all of our expectations uh, as believers are wrapped up in God's promises to us. We can and we should trust him because he's a promise keeper. Tell yourself, he's a promise keeper. Now, a promise is only as good as the reliability of the one who made the promise to keep it. I mean, you know, sometimes politicians will promise things that they don't fulfill. I mean, it has happened in the past. You know, it's... I'm tempted to say something, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Almost did, but I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Going to get right off of that. All of us have had someone at some time promise us something that they didn't do. We've all had that experience. When I was a kid, I had a friend in our neighborhood just lived about three houses up, <clears throat> and their dad was uh, an engineer for Ford Motor Company, <clears throat> and this guy was brilliant. He could he could build and make practically anything. <clears throat> during the uh, early '60s, when I was just a, a wee tyke, <clears throat> this was during the 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 Bay of Pigs and and the Russia threat and all and. And you know that this guy built his own underground, fully functioning fallout shelter. He had, I, I was able to go through it after he'd finished. It was incredible, fully functional fallout shelter just in case they dropped the bomb on us. We were in, I lived in Huntsville, Alabama. It was a place where, where uh, it was, a, it was a, a strike zone. We lived in a place that was vulnerable to a strike if it ever happened, and so he built his own fallout show. That was pretty cool. But the thing I really remember about him is, is that he had, as a hobby, he would make these big bowie knives. And I would, I, I, as a little boy, I'd go in and look at those knives. He'd let me hold one every once in a while while he was standing there so I didn't chop my arm off or anything. But I always, I always, I yearned for one of those bowie knives, you know. And he said, You know what? When you're 12 years old, I'll give you one of these knives. Now, February 10th marks my 63rd birthday, 51 years later, I'm still waiting for that bowie knife. A promise is only as good as the reliability of the one who made the promise to keep it. Tonight, God is a promise keeper. He is true to his word His word is his bond, and whatever promise is in the word of God, Jesus is the yes and amen of that promise. And I want to have great expectations, don't you? Our expectations will only be as high as our knowledge and practice of God's word. Now, I pray you listen carefully for the remainder of this message, because it is so important. It's important for us, and it's important for our expectation. We can actively believe God in our day-to-day challenges if we are actively in His Word. We can't actively believe God in our day-to-day challenges if we are not actively in His Word. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 11, it says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We are promised so much in God's Word, and I want you to tell yourself this tonight. Every promise in the book is mine. Now I want you one more time to say it like you really mean it. Every promise in the book is mine. I'm going to run through some of these promises uh, that we can count on. These are just a few of them, and so uh, there's so many. There's over 8,000 to 30,000 or more that we can rely on, but I'm not going to do that. But I'll tell you all of them because we would be here for a while, but I'm going to give you a few. God's direction for our lives is in His Word. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's hard to get through life in darkness, and God promises His Word to give us light so that we can see the next step, and then the path that's before us. It's a light to our feet, a lamp to our feet, light to our path. He's going to be there for the next step and for the road ahead. He has got it all laid out for us to be able to see clearly. If we're in His Word, He'll give us direction. Hiding the Word of God in our heart will help keep us, and is a major safeguard against sin. I want to please God, don't you? I don't want to live my life just doing the same old stupid stuff again and again. And God's Word promises us in Psalm 119, verse 11, your Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If we take God's Word, put it into our heart, allow it to to resonate there, it will help, Keep us from sin. When we're getting ready to do something that's wrong, that word will leap up in our heart and say, uh-uh, don't do that, right? I can't tell you over the years how many times that word's come to my mind and said, uh-uh, maybe not quite in those terms, but gave me instruction and kept me so that I wouldn't sin against God. God's word is a, is a safeguard against it. God's Word is called the sword of the Spirit because through it, we get victory. You know, too many believers get, up, get beat up by circumstances and by the devil because they don't read or apply the Word of God in their lives. Ephesians 6, verse 17 tells us and encourages us to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now listen carefully, because knowing and 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 getting into God's Word isn't going to keep us uh, from every difficult circumstance in life. It's not going to keep us, uh, knowing God's Word and applying it in our life, it isn't going to keep us and help us avoid anything bad in life. Things are going to happen. Stuff happens, doesn't it? because we live in a broken and a sinful world. But listen, what the Word of God does is it will keep those circumstances, the bad stuff, the junk that happens in our life, that the devil or the world means to dishearten us and destroy us. That Word will keep us from being overcome and defeated by the stuff that happens in our life. I've lived through a few crises in my life, and I thank God that He gave me through His Word the ability to live through them. We don't have to live underneath them. We don't have to be defeated and destroyed by them. God's Word will give us hope in the midst, and, I, and His Word during those times, that sword of the Spirit came out, and when, when I was disheartened and discouraged, that sword of the Spirit, that Word of God came alive, that Rama, that uh, now Word of God came to me and gave me encouragement to expect better days ahead. Amen. Our expectations will only be as high as our knowledge and practice of God's Word. God's Word promises that we can get ahead in life. I like that, don't you? I want to get ahead, don't you? I don't want to just live with an expectation of always just getting by in life, right? In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God spoke and said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. God means for us to be prosperous and successful, to help us get ahead in life. Say, thank you, Jesus. Comes through His Word. We are promised healing in His Word. In Psalm 107, verse 20 says he sent his word, sent his word, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. In Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22, says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them, and healing to their whole body. Hallelujah. I tell you, I like that. God says don't forget, don't pay attention, listen carefully, don't lose sight of them, see, because when sickness comes, uh, when we're afflicted in our physical body, what the devil tries to do is steal that word, and God says don't let it happen. Don't lose sight of my word, let it penetrate deep into our hearts because they bring life to us who find them and healing to the whole body from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. Say, every promise in the book is mine. All of these and so many more promises are there so that we can expect God to do something because he's a promise keeper. His Word is His bond. He's true to His Word. Now, listen, we need to practice telling the truth. Now, by saying that, I'm not saying that we should just quit lying, though that is good advice, (laughs) and the Bible has a number of things to say about that as well, doesn't it? But what I mean Is we need to practice speaking what God's word says is true, rather than just spouting out what we see or feel at the moment. It's so tempting for us at the moment that we just see something going wrong or, or difficulty or circumstance that's that adverse to just spout out something, just, blah. Isn't it easy? Our expectations will feed off what we say. And if we're negative and we talk trash, we'll expect negative stuff to happen. Kind of like this well, I just can't catch a break. And then we get a flat tire and we say something like, yep, just like I always say, just can't (laughs) catch a break. Our expectations will feed off what we say, whether for good or bad. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 talks about the spirit of faith. I want the spirit of faith operating in my life, don't you? And he says, since we, we here, have the same spirit of faith according, as to, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe And therefore, speak. Our faith tonight is demonstrated in what we say. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus talking to his disciples said, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say, and they were wrestling with the circumstance. They had tried to cast the devil out of a, a boy, and it was stubborn. It was one of those stubborn devils. And they said, well, why couldn't we cast him out? And he said, because of your unbelief. He used it as a teaching experience. He said, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. It will move. Oh and nothing shall be impossible for you. Jesus was telling them it's not that you need more faith. You just need to use the faith you've got rightly. And he said what you need is to take that faith that's in your heart and speak to the mountain, move, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Listen, instead of complaining about our problems, we need to speak to them in Jesus' name. Using His Word. Now, this is something that, as I'm preaching, it's just day before yesterday, I had to apologize to the Lord because it's something I know to do. I know to speak the Word, and I do it some. I do. I, I I do it some, but not enough. And I told the Lord, you know, I'm sorry. I need to do what I know to do. And I figured if I'm that way, that probably a lot of you are too, and so that's why I'm preaching that, see. Kind of put it off on you too. (laughs) Listen, Jesus didn't tell his disciple just to think with faith-filled authority But he told them to use their faith by speaking to the mountain, to believe and therefore speak. Now I know that probably most here believe what I'm saying tonight and believe that this is the Word of God and all and think that's right, I believe it, I need to speak to my mountains, but I also realize that we may not know always how to actually do it. So I want to give you some examples uh, and ways that we can use God's Word to speak to those mountains, those problems. And what I'm talking about tonight is not just in reciting verses, it's not just like going through a ritual of recitation of of verses and and you know uh, John 3.16, uh, for God so loved the world, that he gave him the only begotten Son, that he who so believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son. And just repeating by rote verses, uh, I think it's good for us to repeat verses, I think it's good to speak them, but I'm talking more tonight about personalizing, not just through ritual, but personalizing God's Word, making it real to ourselves. Our expectations will only be as high as our knowledge and practice of God's Word. And we have to practice it. So I want you to say this with me tonight. I believe and therefore speak. See, this is what. we got to get God's Word to read it, to think about it, dwell on it, meditate on it. Believe it and speak it. And so I'm going to give you some examples before we pray tonight of some areas where we can use God's Word. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, this is a great word. It says, for there is no fear in love. Say no fear. <clears throat> but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So this is a great word of God if we're wrestling with fear in our lives. So how do we make it personal? It goes something like this. I'm not letting fear control me because God's perfect love casts out fear. We take God's word, make it real to us, make it personal to us, and speak it. Fear has to fall before the name of Jesus. His word is his bond, and his word says uh, there's no fear in love. His love, is talking about his perfect love that casts out fear. That word cast out is just like driving a demon out. It's fear forceful. It'll drive it out of our lives. Fear that has held us captive or attempts to hold us captive can't hold us captive any longer if we take the Word of God and speak it to that mountain of fear. Fear go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I like it, don't you? Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse... Seven, anxiety is closely related to fear. And he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Every every anxious thought, we cast it on. And we say, Jesus, I cast all my anxiety on you because I know you care for me. Say, I know he cares for me. And I cast my anxieties on him. For those of us who are concerned about our kids, there's a great promise. Promise in Isaiah 44 verse 3. God says, for I will pour water on him who's thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. We take that promise, we make it ours, and we say Thank you, Jesus, for pouring your spirit and blessing on my children. We don't have to be tormented about what's going to happen to our kids. We can bring them into God's presence through our prayer and through receiving that promise and speaking it and saying, Jesus, you're pouring your spirit and blessing on my children. Don't give up. Say, I'm not going to give up on my kids. That was weak, but you. <laughs> for our health, right. Psalm 107, verse 20, for he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Proverbs chapter 4, 20 through 22 again says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen, to what my, listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them, and healing to their whole body. So we take that, make it personal, and say something to the extent of, thank you, Jesus, for sending your word to heal me. Your words are health to my whole body. Thank you, Jesus. His word is his bond. He's a promise keeper. Say, you're a promise keeper. keeper. And then finally tonight... 1 John, 3 John, verse 2, if we want to do better than just get by, he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Say, prosper in all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. And we make it ours by saying, Jesus, I believe it's your will for me to prosper and be in health. See, I know that there, is, there are numerous thoughts that attempt to strike against the promise of God in our minds. We have experiences where we have been through things, and that word has been contested in our lives. But God's word again tonight, we need to believe it because God says We can depend on Him. He is a promise keeper. We can stand on His Word. His Word is His bond. He says again, in closing, Isaiah 55, verse 11, So shall be my Word. So shall my Word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. What that means is keep on believing. Stand on the promise. Don't give up. Uh, No matter what time passes, uh, stay in the Word. Keep speaking that Word. Keep talking and speaking to your mountain using the Word. But it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's Word will never fail. Never fail. Say, never fail. Because He is true to His Word. He is true to His Word, and we can have great expectations because of who our expectation is in. Jesus. Say, Jesus. He is faithful and true. Faithful and true. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you, His presence is here. His, the Holy Spirit's moving in our hearts and lives tonight and building great expectation. Thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads tonight. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Him or you've been away from Him for a time, you say, tonight, I want to receive His forgiveness. You just Heads bowed, no one looking around. Slip your hand up and acknowledge you'd like to be included in this prayer before we close it out. God bless you guys. Amen. Anybody else tonight, you can put your hands down. God bless you. Anyone else join with these that already have? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? He is true to His Word, and as we ask Him, to come into our lives. He comes in. He has promised that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. You will be saved. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray together tonight. I want you to us all just to pray this prayer. Would you pray this aloud with me? Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you. You paid the price so that I could be forgiven. I am clean because of the blood you shed. Every sin has been washed away. You don't remember it anymore. I believe your word. I stand on your word. Thank you tonight. Your word will lead me, guide me, direct me, heal me, cause me to prosper, pour out your Spirit on my children. Your Word is your bond, and I believe it. And I will speak your Word to every mountain that comes against me in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for being true to your word. In your wonderful name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.